Hey, everybody. Nathan King here with the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Wanted to just remind everybody of our promo we have running right now with our sponsors, Home Field Apparel. You guys can go to homefieldapparel.com and new customers can get 15% off their first purchase with the code Auburn Undercover. That's Auburn Undercover, all one word, all caps. If you guys don't know, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know what Home Field Apparel is, it's a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. It's incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs, including a lot of really, really cool Auburn stuff. You guys know better than anybody that Auburn's got some really cool old logos and designs from back in the glory days. And so they've taken advantage of that and gone back, made some really creative sweatshirts and T-shirts and even some joggers. You guys go check it out, Home Field Apparel. Com. They just launched a new Auburn shirt on October 9th that's honoring Auburn's first national championship season back in 1957. What they did was, and Homefield goes back and they dig through all kinds of old archives in order to find the coolest designs they can, they can get their hands on. They went back and found a postcard that was from that 1957 team that Auburn sent out and has a picture of an old obby holding up the Associated Press 1957 National Championship trophy. So if that sounds cool to you, you guys can go to homefieldapparel.com and get that on a t-shirt and you can get 15% off that purchase if it's your first purchase. Again, the code is Auburn Undercover, all one word. That's Auburn Undercover, all one word, homefieldapparel.com. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King, joined here by Jason Caldwell to recap the game, what we just saw today inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. Um, pretty insane, pretty insane game. Um, something that don't think many of us expected and certainly um, a, a historic game for Auburn for all the wrong reasons because Mississippi State scored 40 unanswered points in this game to complete a 25 point comeback Auburn at one point in the second quarter led 28 to three. They end up losing the game 43 to 34 um, took Auburn over half the game 30 took them 33 minutes to get back on the scoreboard um, after scoring four straight touchdowns to op- open the game to hit a wall offensively. And then on the other side of the ball um, it was exactly I think it was exactly the nightmare scenario that we all kind of thought for Auburn was possible against an offense like this, where Will Rogers starts clicking. You can't get pressure with three or four. And all of a sudden he's carving you up down the field. Mississippi state quarterback went 44 55 for 415 yards and six touchdowns. So um, Jason, you have been around Auburn football a lot longer than I, Um, where does this, you know, melt i'm trying to find another word all day long other than meltdown but um you know where does this one rank up there in terms of the games that you've seen where auburn just just gives one away because it's certainly the biggest one i've seen in in the past few years of of watching this team yeah um you know it's pretty uh it's it's pretty rough when you when you look at it um yeah but uh, you know one of the things i look at is you know People are going to kind of be down on, on the offense some, too. I, I just can't be there. I just can't be there. They scored 34 points. Um, they had a, a missed field goal at the end of the first half. It was 55 yards, but they were in two-minute drill. They got in position. They had a punt to start it, missed another field goal, had a punt, and then, and then the fake punt. That's the only possessions they had until they scored a touchdown, and that, was, that started in the first half. Um, 
Meanwhile, on the other side, you had seven plays, 75 yards, 10 plays, 98 yards, six plays, 72 yards, five plays, 55 yards, four plays, 45 yards. And that was in continuation from a 10 play, 75 yard touchdown drive at the end of the first half. And that, I mean, they went 75, 75, 98, 72, and 55 on consecutive drives for touchdowns. It's hard to get the ball back and, and get any momentum when they're taking, when that was 415, 335, 506. I mean, yep. That's a lot of time off the clock. And um, had Auburn scored 20 in the first half, 14 in the second half, scored 34 and went 34 to 17, everybody would be praising the offense for what they did. This is defense. Yep. Um, it was total defensive meltdown, and you're right. This was a nightmare scenario when you look at at the way they've played all season. Teams have played that way against Mississippi State and been successful, but you got to stop them in the red zone when you do it. And Auburn could not get a stop in the red zone. Um, that was the difference in this game. Uh, Mississippi State converted when they got inside the 20 yard line. That's something they had not been doing, and Auburn had been playing to good defense in those situations, and they did not on Saturday. That's where this game came down to. Um, but, man, it couldn't get any pressure um, from start to finish. And it became so easy that it looked like that that it was a seven-on-seven seven tournament for Mississippi State for, for really the last three quarters of that game. Uh, you cannot win football games defensively when it looks like that, and that's what, that's what we saw. Yep. And that's exactly – you're playing exactly into what? Mike Leach wants to do um, with that offense. You talked about it on the preview show that um, how strange it was for Mississippi State to have such a dominant time of possession this season with the kind of offense that they play. We, we kind of saw firsthand what that can look like. Um, and it was, and, and for a portion of the game, the receivers were getting, I guess it was when Auburn was playing better on defense, but um, Auburn was tackling really well in space. And then once those guys start, because Rodgers doesn't throw anything much past the line of scrimmage. Um, so it's all about tackling once those guys were able to get and he, and he did in the second half. He threw a little bit farther downfield. But once those receivers started breaking those tackles, all of a sudden you have the chunk plays. Um, and like you said, it really felt like every single drive, like a seven on seven. And, and there was just unstoppable momentum for Mississippi State to get in the end zone. Every time a drive past midfield for the Bulldogs, you kind of just assume they were going to cruise right into the to the end zone which is so crazy. It was such a, and you wrote about it after the game. Um, you, you know, you call it the Jekyll and Hyde situation for Auburn. They can't get these two sides of the ball playing well together at the same time. Because all of your sudden your offense comes out, they score four touchdowns to open the game. They had been the end zone six quarters and they scored four touchdowns to open up the game against a good Mississippi state defense. And then your, your defense goes and, uh, and allows six straight touchdown or six out of seven. If you, if you count the drive right before the half, um, allow six straight touchdown drives and the red zone had been Auburn's strength in the past couple games. And like you said, they, they would get down there and they were able to just walk right in or throw it right in, I guess. Yeah. There, there are two things that, that stand out to me when I look at this game. One of them is from a technical standpoint, Mississippi state had more rushing yards than Auburn did. Auburn had one Oh six for the game. But 57 of that was on a pass that they ruled was a backwards pass to Javarius Johnson, went for a touchdown. You take that away, Auburn had, you know, 49 yards rushing. I mean, that's that's inconceivable when you think about coming into the game knowing what you have to do. Um, they can't run the football, and and 
that was a problem because when you get up 28-3, you either have two choices. You either have to continue to put your foot on the gas and attack and play the way they played, or you have to try to run the football. And this team right now can't run the football to run a clock out. Can't do it. Um, and so uh, I think they lost their mojo some when that happened in the second quarter. And um, it put a ton of pressure on that offense. And, again, when Mississippi State starts scoring every possession, you, you can't expect an offense to score every time they get the football. And that's almost what I think people are going, hey, it should have happened. Well, that, that, that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't have to score every possession on offense to win a football game. And that's what it turned into on Saturday for Auburn. Um, but, yeah, it was a uh, – it was, it was an all-timer. There's no question about it. Um, and, and you know, you look at the difference. There was four yards difference in, in offense. Mississippi State had four more yards than Auburn did. And, you know, you think about it, it felt like it was 400 more. And then plays, they ran five more plays. That's it. They're in 75 places, 70. They had 487. Auburn had 483. Um, but almost 10-minute time of possession difference. And so um, once they got the ball and got rolling, they were able to – you're right, they were able to chew up clock and just, just – they wore Auburn down in a different way. Teams usually wear teams down when they throw the – when they run the football. Mississippi State wore Auburn down throwing the football, making those guys rush the passer over and over again. And for a defense that doesn't substitute very much, uh, I thought it showed up in the third and fourth quarters because uh, – it was way, way, way too much time. This obviously, I think everybody kind of has the same um, stance toward this after the game, that the couple of targeting calls obviously didn't decide the game, but at the same time, both of them were in pretty significant situations where would have helped out would have helped out Auburn's offense, giving them a free first down, and it would have backed Mississippi State up with a third and 21 with an opportunity for you to get um, a big stop on defense and give the ball back to your offense. So the first one, Kobe Hudson gets nailed by Emmanuel Forbes. Hudson was down. Good to see him get up on his own power and, and look pretty okay after that. Um, but look really serious. You know, Dude pretty much took his head off. Um, you go and look at that replay. It looked much like targeting as anything. <laughs> They don't call that targeting. Maybe they were trying to offset because they didn't call it on Smoke earlier, even though Smoke's tackle was wasn't even close. That wasn't even a, a was completely in consideration. Right. No. It was a, the most textbook pass breakup from the safety position you could ask for. Um, but the biggest one, and when I came home, everybody in my household was was asking me about this. But um, TD Moultrie just form tackles Will Rogers. He had to jump to do it, and I, I think if he hadn't jumped we wouldn't be talking about it because I don't think they would have called it. He had to jump to do it. They kissed face masks there, but it was only because the end of the play kind of pushed him up that way. Um, that is probably at least that I can think about. It's either the most egregious targeting call I've ever seen or one of, because especially when you look at the photos after the game and we were able to go see it and watch it in slow motion. Um, and you kind of, you could just pause a frame. He's just tackling the guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was just making a routine sack. It's um, as, you were on field level, yeah. Yeah, it's as bad a call as you could possibly make. And like you said, hey, Auburn lost the football game. The officiating had had nothing to do with the way they played. But those – I mean, that's bad. You, you can't 
if that's targeting, and I, and I tweeted this out, if that's targeting, then then you you can't play football. You can't do it um, because there's no there's no way to because I think TD thought he's going to throw the ball. He jumps up, and when he didn't, he grabbed him. That's that's what happens. Um, he didn't lower his head. Um, he actually tackled him face mask up. He didn't target him. He, he jumped. He didn't launch. He jumped, and he just happened to they just happened to go body to body. Um, it's a horrific call for it to be to be uh, reviewed and and held up was a joke. And and here's the other one. There's no Bo Nix should have had another touchdown pass. There's no way on this earth that, that they saw enough to, to turn Javaris Johnson's catch and spot him at the one yard line. Impossible. Couldn't do it. If, if he didn't get in and they called it on the field, no touchdown, maybe I can see it. The plays ruled a touchdown. It didn't matter. Auburn scored, but it's still a fact that there's nothing, there's nothing there. You could not see that and say, yeah, he's absolutely down at the one yard line. Um, it was a terrible job by a, a group of officials, whoever it was, in the replay booth. Um, Mississippi State on, the guy on the sideline told me it's the same guys that 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 blew the Mississippi State Memphis game earlier this year in the booth. Same guys. They're either bad, or they have an agenda, or both. But that was a bad job today um, by those guys. And 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 uh, you know people can say what they want to. We're not complaining, saying they lost the game. It's just bad, bad officiating. Right. Well, officiating is is at its worst when it takes away from the talent of players on the field. And I thought that was the biggest, that was the most apparent on those two targeting calls, when, like we were talking about. Um, that play by TD is one of the best plays by an Auburn defensive lineman. That season. it's an incredible play. And to to to, to stop yourself and Harson talked after the game, freezing and kind of realizing he he's going to pump fake, but then coming back down when he doesn't throw. Um, and then smoke, obviously, this one was so obvious that it was going to get overturned right when it happened. But um, just a really, really good, solid hit over the middle to break up a pass body to body. And then they call that targeting. Um, so, yeah, and it just slows down the game. Um, and there was just an egregious amount of penalties overall on both sides in the first half. Yeah. Um, neither, and, just the, the game couldn't the first quarter lasted an hour. Like, well, and, and, and you mentioned penalties. Yeah. Um, you know, TD first drive pulls the guy's helmet off. Um, they have they have Mississippi State stopped. They kick a field goal. Um, yep. You have a couple of pass interference calls. Then that that personal foul extends a drive that turns potential field goal into a touchdown. About seven points. That's a huge difference in the end of that football game. Um, just by penalties alone, uh, that extended drive. I think had five penalties by first downs. Um, can't have those plays and. Yeah, I mean TDs is is one that you'll you'll take that play every time and uh, just a just a bad call. But the first one, um, the first one was was big, led to three points, and those three points were pretty big at the end of the game. We're gonna get more obviously later in the week into whatever this next week looks like for Auburn getting ready for a game at South Carolina that all of a sudden looks just as tricky as this Mississippi State game that I understand South Carolina lost to Missouri, but still a night game in Columbia that won't be easy. Um, <laughs> This is this is this is definitely man up time for the Auburn team more than any other game this season, and I and I didn't expect to say that after Texas A and M. Um, the A and M game almost looks more respectable <laughs> in hindsight. You get your butt kicked by a good defense um, as opposed to just a complete uh, you know 
crushing defeat like this. Um, where does this Auburn team go for you, Jason, in, in these last two games of the season? And how can they? It's tough, you know. How, how can they? How can they try to salvage something um, good out of these last two games? Obviously, they're going to have a they're going to have a successful season, a thumbs up season. Um, but at at this point, it's turned from a couple weeks ago. We were thinking, wow, Harson could win nine games in his first Auburn season. That could be huge. To now, you're like, be nice for them to just get over a get over six or seven wins by the time a bowl you know rolls around. It's it's going to be telling for Harson's coaching ability what we see out of this team in the last couple of weeks. It is, and and you know what happens at at quarterback and some other positions where yep. you could potentially have an entry. Um, you know, Bo obviously didn't didn't go back in the game at the end. He'd been limping around some. You know, hearing that, you know, potentially there could be something there that could have a big impact. You look at this game and um, looking at Missouri and South Carolina, that's where South Carolina played. Missouri Missouri had 258 yards rushing. South Carolina had 57. So you would think going into the game once again that Auburn would have the, a chance to run the football. But we've said that before, and this team right now hasn't given anybody – any indication that they're going to line up and run the football against anybody at this moment. So, um, no, I think it's – you mentioned gut check time. I, I mentioned in, in my, my column too, just what is your – you know, what do you hang your hat on right now if you're this team? Right now there's nothing to hang your hat on. Um, it changed – you mentioned we change, it changes every week. Can you find that in, in two weeks? I don't know if you can find it now. I think it may be too late. But you got to find something. This week, I mean, is it pride? Is it, is it? Hey, we're going to play up the revenge card after playing terrible up there last year. I mean, whatever it is, got to find a way to go out and play a a complete four quarter football game just to prove to yourself that you can do it before Alabama comes into town. Because you know this team has played good in spurts, but um, they're going to have to play a four quarter football game the last two weeks if if they want to have a chance to finish strong. Yeah, somebody was talking to me about it tonight when I got back. Um, just you look at first-year coaches, at least making examples around the SEC, um, maybe Pittman at Arkansas last year, even going back to when Jeremy Pruitt had that first Tennessee team that was really bad. He was still able to get a couple encouraging wins, um, and the team sort of had an identity even when they were losing games. I think that's important for a first-year staff and a first-year coach. And the thing is now for Auburn, like you said, they've already got a couple – already got a couple good wins this year they, mm-hmm. they've won this is a this is a fine resume to this point um so you've got the wins now it's about like you said now it's about closing out the season um having some things to hang your hat on and just kind of creating some sort of positive energy um heading into year two because that, that's all you can really ask for in year one try to win as many games as possible um and establish your identity as a program before we head out jason yeah that's something we didn't talk about um inability to run the ball that hurt auburn um, at the end of this game, because I think Tank Bigsby, if you include the, even if you don't include the fumble um, at all, had like one yard in the second half. Um, and this team, this team, it, it's it's just crazy to me that Tank Bigsby was the kind of player that we thought he was in the preseason. Um, Jarquez Hunter had the really good start to the year. All of a sudden, it looks like this is going to be a powerful rushing attack. Um, and now the passing game, the past three or four weeks, has been their best form of offense. I mentioned it. In my, my view from the field after the game, that uh, they had 22 carries for 60 yards, the running backs did. The Tank, Jarquez, and the Shivers had, you know, kind of a couple of sweeps. Well, they had nine for 45 in the first quarter. That means the last three quarters, 
the running backs had 13 carries for 15 yards. They averaged one yard per carry. Um, a lot of those happened on first down, and you left yourself second and third and long situations where you had to throw the football. Um, it's not like, you know, they, they had – when you don't run it very well, you can't get many chances to run the ball. People are like, well, they should have cut it. They should have run it more. Well, you can't if you're getting stopped or you're negative yards on first down. You can't keep running it. Uh, and, um, you know, we thought – you're right. We thought that was going to be the strength of this team. I thought coming into the year – being able to run the football, you know, this offensive line had done a pretty good job in running the football last year at times, um, but they haven't this year. Uh, they haven't run it very well in, in, in the, the bigger games, and that showed up again. Hey, we talked about Mississippi State's pretty good against a run. They showed it on Saturday, um, but in the end, um, you know, this one, again, goes back to defense. You, you scored 34, um, you know, that's – and had a 28-3 to lead. If uh, if you get stops on half of those drives, you still win a football game. Yep, it's it's the consistency that's evading this team right now. Because even in, in the first half, through a few possessions, Mississippi State, I would have gone to bat for Auburn's defense against most everybody in the country because of how they'd played in the last two games. At that point, the last eight quarters, um, they've been spectacular. They were, I thought they were incredible in the Texas A and M game, and they were really good to start this one. Um, like we talked about before, you get Mississippi State playing in that seven on seven. That's what that's Mike Leach's dream to play every game. That's exactly how he wants to run that offense. So, um, yeah, a lot of work for a lot of work for both sides of the ball. Certainly, um, for some reasons that Jason mentioned as well, it's going to be an interesting week to follow leading up to the South Carolina game. I think this is a game that at the beginning of the year we kind of looked at as saying, "Oh, Auburn doesn't have its typical." opponent you know out of the conference before the iron bowl but they should get a nice win at south carolina leading in that, into that game all of a sudden there's a lot more going on here and so going to be an interesting lead up to a game against the team auburn lost in the exact same location against the exact same team last season so we'll get into that more this week in a couple more podcasts but we appreciate you guys listening to this episode wrapping up from auburn's 43 to 34 loss to mississippi state um, if you guys enjoyed it please leave us a five-star review on apple spotify google it's the number one thing that helps us out the intro and outro bumper music is by beats by mordecai you guys can find him twitter soundcloud instagram and until the next episode y'all have a great start to the week we'll catch y'all later